Welcome to Passports and Pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving, carry-on-only gals. I'm Laura, a traveler and teacher with an appetite for adventure. And I'm Sarah, an artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food. Join us as we dive into anything and everything that's on our plates and on our minds. What's up? Here we are. You guys, I don't know how we could top a controversial food opinion episode for fun, but somehow I have a feeling. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be fun for us. Yes. (laughs) So we're going to be eating Girl Scout cookies. We got a whole platter in front of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Just ate dinner. Time for dessert. Yep. Um, Speaking of the controversial food episode, I have a shallot pasta update. Uh Uh-oh. Did you make it? I did make it. What are your thoughts? I really liked it. Well, first of all, I might have used more shallots than I was supposed to because... I mean, it seems like you can't reach a limit of shallots with yeah, this dish. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't really matter. Um, also, I was deglazing the pan with like one of my favorite white wines from Lakewood uh-huh. Vineyards. Shout out to Nori, my mother-in-law. Hey. <laughs> um, she knows I was using the Muscat variety. So I feel like that added like a nice little element to uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. But like I said, I'm not like I like marinara, but it's almost never my first choice for a pasta sauce. Um, so I really liked the kind of mellow sweetness of the shallots. Yeah. Um, I also love the fact that it looks like not much, and then you take half of it out. Yeah. But then you add the pasta, which it only calls for 10 ounces of pasta, which I actually did. But I felt like it was still so saucy. Like, I probably could have done a full box yeah. and had it be fine. But I love the fact that I now have a whole pasta's worth of sauce in my freezer. So next time I want it, I can just warm that up, cook pasta, toss it all together, and it's like a really easy dinner. And pasta updates... Um well, I'm glad you liked it. I feel like I, in reflection, I think we made it in um, with high hopes because it is mm-hmm. one of those things that was super hyped on the internet. Yeah. Oh, I also put a ton of really good Parmesan on it when I eat it. Recommendation before recommendations. If you're not subscribed to Allison Roman's newsletter. Yeah, it's a good one. She shared um, this cinnamon bun recipe. Did you make it? No, but I'm dying to make it. I think I might try to make it. Maybe yeah. not this weekend, but next weekend. That's it like a good so snow day good. project. Yeah. Yeah, they looked good. And she's like, oh, and she's just back on YouTube. So oh, this I is have- essentially an Allison Roman moment. So <laughs> Allison Roman corner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I was a fan. Maybe I might have liked it more because you guys lowered my expectations, which yeah. is always good. But yeah, overall, I I really liked it. Okay. Anyway, salty, salty, sweet. sweet. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> so my sweet is that um, I have a KitchenAid mixer. Oh, yeah. And it's been so fun to use. I didn't really think I would ever need one. I have a <laughs> hand mixer, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, I made tiramisu. <gasps> Wait, you, do you still have it? It's or gone. Did, you ate it? Well, we gave a lot to our neighbors. What? Yeah. You're supposed to give it to me. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't have been good now because I made it on Sunday. No, Saturday. Uh-huh. So that like middle gets too mushy after a while. Yeah. Anyway, but I never really had the experience of watching egg whites fluff oh. to like their fullest potential. <laughs> fluff. No? Spoken by someone who just got a kitchen yeah. mixer. I don't know. I've never made anything with like true egg whites. Yeah. And this was- I believe the term is whipped. 
whipped. Right? Yeah, sure. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, whipped egg whites. Yeah. What kind of peaks were you going for? Soft peaks or stiff peaks? Soft peaks, because then it was added to an egg yolk mixture. But anyway, so you separate the whites and the egg yolks, and eventually they come together. Long story short, it was a breeze. (laughs) And it was so fun because I just like could just let that thing do its work. Mm -hmm. And I guess what I'm saying is I'm glad I spent the money on it. Um, Oh, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, It will last you your entire life. I have had my KitchenAid mixer for 10 years because I'm that bitch. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) what color is your KitchenAid? Lime green. I wanted more of like a cornflower blue, but it wasn't available when I got it. I wanted a really bougie color as well, and I just could not afford it. I'm honestly, I wish that they had like a leasing program for KitchenAids where you could just swap in and out different colors depending on your whims. Oh, that would be smart. But I was going to say, I am so accustomed to having a KitchenAid that I like was recently talking to Robert about like he and like his siblings were all getting together to make Christmas cookies. And I was like, if you don't have a KitchenAid, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, uh, Caitlin has a hand mixer. I was like, oh, right. People use those. I forgot that they existed because yeah. in my life, I've just always used a stand mixer. Even like my mom had one growing up. So it's like, that's just Standard. how you make cookies. Yeah. That's just how you do it. Well, let me tell you, as a new owner of this, I'm like relishing in how good right? it is. And I'm stowing away money to get the pasta attachment like the Mm -hmm. pasta roller and everything so it's so fun i've just i've been loving just to know i have it and been using it with all these cooking experiments so so if the tiramisu is that pleasant to make that means you'll make it again and i can eat it i mean yeah i could make a mini version for our dinner we'll have on saturday (gasps) i could yeah well i'd have to get mascarpone but i could pick that up Okay, well, let me know if you yeah, want to do yeah. that. I mean, I could Because then I won't Because it was good. Dessert. It was good. Oh, I love good tiramisu. Yeah, it's really good. Um, my salty is that um, <clears throat> I've been having really – and this is, like, really deep, but I've been having really um, bad negative thoughts about myself recently. Uh-oh. Do you know, like, your internal monologue and that voice that you just, like – have to deal with sometimes or you're just like shut up like yeah that voice has been irking me like you would not believe just saying like oh like what do you what do you think you're doing there's a lot of like imposter syndrome and Mm -hmm. a lot of um just not nice things i've thought about myself about my body about how i look or like what i haven't done with my life because i'm reaching that i'm almost 30 (laughs) welcome yeah but i'm not i'm not like (laughs) I'm not hating the idea of turning 30 by any means, but I was thinking my in the back of my mind, 30 is like a checkpoint where you look mm-hmm. back at what you've done and mm-hmm. that's triggered a lot of these like negative thoughts. Mm. And I really have got to just snap out of it. Like mm. I'm able to identify that it's happening, which is good. And I know that they're not real and I know mm-hmm. I shouldn't be listening to them, but like I think I'm overall a pretty confident woman. like i i'm pretty Mm -hmm. good about handling my own crap but this has been really really bringing me down my own brain is bringing me down right and i don't know i gotta get to Hmm. the bottom of it so that's interesting yeah i think it's because i've been there's just more time alone Mm -hmm. in your thoughts like there's not that constant hustle to yeah there's this event and then oh i gotta do that and you know i think there's also something to be said with 
all of us being so isolated and we definitely spend a lot of time online on social media, which is, as we all know, everyone's highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people who are prominent on social media, it's like their thing that they do. But it's so easy to compare ourselves to these people who are like so funny or so attractive or so good at their job or talented in this way or that. And we compare ourselves to them when it's like, these are like the elite. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like this is not a normal person. And also, and they're only sharing the best parts of themselves. Also, too. like being on TikTok, it's like, how many women do I follow who do a full face of makeup and I'm comparing myself to them? Mm-hmm. But then I also watch people who like show them putting on makeup and I'm like, oh, they used 17 products to look like that. Yeah. You know, so it, I think we're constantly comparing ourselves even more than normal to not fake people, but. Not real life. Yeah. As opposed to, because we're like in our own personal bubble, but then we go online and we think that everyone else is living a fabulous life somehow. Yeah. And I also think we're just spending more time. Like our world has become much more internal. And I think our escapism is often through the phones. And Mm -hmm. if that's, if your escapism is oftentimes making you feel bad, Mm -hmm. that's not good Mm -hmm. and for me i'm definitely an introverted extrovert but i you know not seeing my friends or not hearing from people sometimes like triggers these anxieties Mm -hmm. i feel like oh my god do they hate me like why haven't i heard from this person or should Mm -hmm. i reach out am i a horrible friend like because we're not having that much interaction anymore Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just been like the last couple weeks i've just been not nice to myself so I, yeah, I don't know. So I started, um, I started a gratitude journal practice Mm -hmm. as we know and love on this podcast. So that's been helping a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel you though. Cause like, remember in our New Year's episode, I was like, I got to this point with my body where I'm like, yeah, I might be heavier, but like I'm healthy and I'm happy with my body. Well, (laughs) Flash forward like a couple weeks and I'm back to being like, what is wrong with me? Exactly. (laughs) Like, this is not my body. I don't recognize myself. And it can happen so fast, like from one week to the next. Yeah. And yeah, it's really frustrating. It's been, one thing I keep telling myself too is like, no one actually thinks these things about you. You are the meanest person to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you are the meanest person to you. Yeah. Cut it out. Like, what are you doing? Right. That's that's one thing I do love about TikTok, though. The corner of TikTok that I hang out in is I follow a lot of women, especially who are extremely self-positive and mm-hmm. are like hyping you up in their TikTok. And it it is helpful to hear people say stuff like that. Yeah. And if that's the kind of content I'm consuming on yeah, that's good. social media, like I, and I do try to be aware of like, does this person make me feel bad about myself or good about myself? And the nice thing about the TikTok algorithm is when I definitely engage more with the really positive stuff, then it shows me more of that. God bless the TikTok algorithm. Ugh, it's wonderful. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh man. God. Yeah. So that's like a sour thing to end on, but I mean, I think it's something we're all having to deal with in our life. Yeah. And we all go through moments like that. Yeah. And I know I'll get out of it. It's not going to affect my overall, like, well-being. It's just something that I've been struggling with. Yeah. So. I hear that. 
Well, my salty is living in the city with street parking when you get 16 inches of snow. Oh, I do not miss that. (laughs) Yeah, so we just got 16 inches of snow here this week, and um, I had to spend like a couple hours total shoveling out my car, which also gets like plowed in. Right. Um, But thankfully, I was able to work from home all week because even once I was shoveled out, I talked to my boss and I was like, listen, I still have plenty of work I can do from home and I'm trying to not move my car because I have a really good spot. Like, it's so ironic that I like did such a good job of shoveling out my car. I'm like, I will now not move it. I need to protect this spot. It is my spot. Like, if I leave and go to work, when I come home, this spot will not be here anymore and I can't guarantee that I can get into someone else's badly shoveled out spot because I'm bad at parking. Or the people that (laughs) shovel their snow into another mm-hmm. spot and you're like what are you doing like yeah yeah and it's like i don't have like a driveway i have a very small patch of sidewalk that i'm in charge of shoveling although i did also shovel my next door neighbors because no one lives there right now um but yeah it's the shoveling out the car situation the drama oh my gosh and like i was one of the only people who did it at first so i'm looking at everyone else's cars has snow like halfway up their car doors you know it's just fully snowed in yeah. And I'm like, listen, I'm comfortable here at home. I like <laughs> getting that, like, I basically get an extra hour and a half of my day because I'm not commuting. So nice. So I get more sleep. Um, you know, I get to be in my sweatpants, play my music out loud. You know? I like, wish. Like, this is lovely. I wish. Yeah. Oh, right. So that was my salty. <laughs> Well, also, also, not to mention, after you leave, there's only so many shoveled out spots. Yeah. It's not like you can, like, wedge forward and, right. like, city parking is, like, a big mm-hmm. Tetris game. Yeah. So if one car comes in that wasn't there before, you're all screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of people are just putting chairs in their spots to <laughs> save them. It, it was like the whole neighborhood was doing it. I was like, well, I guess I'll just do that, too. Yeah. Like, it's kind of just, like... This unspoken this thing, like, this is what we do now. Yep. And, I mean, honestly, if you're someone who did shovel out your own car, like, you got to respect it. It's like, listen, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, so it was honestly hard for me to think of a salty because I've been having, like, a pretty good time. But, That's good. <laughs> which is always good when yeah. I'm like, wait, what is my salty for this episode? Um. Anyway, so my sweet was going to be that Joe Biden is president. <laughs> And then I was like, no, it's not that. It's that Donald Trump is no longer president. <laughs> because, <laughs> um, and I feel like this is kind of deep as well, but um, it was a little over a year ago when I realized that I was clinically depressed. And this was before my marriage fell apart. So you can imagine the mental yeah. state that I was yeah. in. Um, and it was like really interesting for me to realize that about myself because it's really odd to be like sad all the time when you're like I don't know why and I think that was why I was like this is clearly something going on with me because I'm like there's nothing obvious in my life that I can pinpoint like why I feel this way right there's nothing quote-unquote wrong yeah or except bad. like everything yeah can't <laughs> which, put your finger on it but it's uh, yeah and so part of me was like I don't really know why I feel this way but then and, like, I even, like, talked to my parents about it. And my dad was, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, 
everything. I was like, yeah, I think it's just everything. Um, <laughs> so, but at the time I realized that I was like, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I have been at like some form of depressed since Donald Trump was elected. And so like, obviously it's not like just that, that made me depressed. Um, I definitely had like biological, physical things going on in my body to make me experience depression the way I was feeling it. And it does like run in my family. So like genetically I'm like predisposed, but when you're already inclined to feel that way, it doesn't help when you already feel completely hopeless about the world and the future. Yeah. And like the way I was talking to my therapist about it and like, I described it as like, it's not something you necessarily are constantly thinking about, but it's like a software program constantly running in the background. Mm -hmm. It's just always back there Mm -hmm. affecting you. It's a good, that's a good metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) But the, but what I realized, which like, and it took me a while to realize that. And I feel like I'm now realizing that it works the other way, where now that Joe Biden is president, and Trump is no longer president, it's still that software program running in the back. And like, I know we're still going to have like fights in Congress and it's going to be hard to pass stuff and, you know, to do all the things that I wish that we would do. But the baseline is just so much better and so much more hopeful that I think it is having a huge positive effect on my mental health. Right. It's just elevated everything up to a much more positive yeah. area in your brain. Right. And it's like where it was still... like down here below because <laughs> everything was doom and gloom. Yeah. Like, and, and it was like, I don't see a way out of this. Right. There's no end in sight. Like, but now there's like hope that like maybe our government will actually do something or, you know, we at least have a president who knows what he's doing and cares about people who aren't himself and like all of that. So, you know, and we're we're still in a global pandemic. We still have tons of problems that need to be solved. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's like, I just, I can't imagine what my mental state would be right now had he been reelected. I know. And it's like, when I, like, stop and really think about that, it's terrifying. So I'm just extremely thankful that he was not reelected. Yep. And that we're out of that four-year hellhole. But overall... I feel way better. And I've heard so many people express kind of the same sentiment of like, I just feel more calm. I can breathe easier. And it, one of the things that happened, um, like the, the day after he was inaugurated, I got like an NPR news alert that said like president, blah, blah, blah. And I was instantly like, Oh God, what, what does this say? And then it said like president Biden, like executive orders, like, like, Undoing all these terrible, terrible things. And I was like, oh, this is good news. And, and I the realized. The president is not negative yeah, anymore. I was like, I have had a stress response to the word president for the last four years. And yeah. so many of us have. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or so, there's clinical studies that show that the last four years severely influenced mental health overall mm-hmm. for a multitude of types oh. of people. I honestly, like, the more I think about it, I feel really bad for Gen Z. Ugh. They have had a rough go of it. I mean, we, we at least had the 90s that were, like, great. Yeah, Mary-Kate and Ashley Limited 2. <laughs> like, 
Dunkaroos and like, Lunchables. No wonder we're all thinking about the 90s so much right now because yeah, that was like the last escape. good time. Um, but yeah, these poor Gen Zers didn't even have that. Like their whole childhood nope. and like young adulthood has just been garbage fire. Nope. Oh, God. So anyway, um, we're going to talk about Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, let's get into it. Girl the Girl Scout. Scouts. <laughs> yeah. Were you a Girl Scout? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, why are you a Girl Scout? Okay, so <laughs> I went to one brownies meeting okay. as a kid. And for whatever reason, I went and I was like, hard pass. <laughs> and I don't know why, like, it was one of those things. The same thing happened to me with like tiny tumblers or whatever the heck it was called. Went to this like dance class. Happened with me ballet. I was like, nope. But the dance class was a whole different thing where like I thought it was over, but it was only halfway over. And then I waited for my mom in the in the <laughs> lobby for like an hour and I was traumatized. Brownies, I think it might have been one of those cases where like I think I'm pretty good at integrating into a social circle. Yeah. And like getting along with people. But every now and then I get into certain groups where I'm like, this is just not my vibe. Yeah. And I just don't click with anybody. And not like in a bad way, but it's just like, these aren't my people. Yeah. And I don't know if that happened or what. If I wasn't in the mood. (laughs) I know. I was so little. But I remember basically telling my mom like, no, it's not for me. And she was just like, okay. Like I wasn't pressured to do it at all. And maybe my mom remembers this better than me. But also it's like, thank God, because I ended up doing plenty of extracurriculars like I did not have time yeah although if you think about it I you would think I was a Girl Scout yeah I would say out of out of of all of my friends that they're like which one do you think was a Girl Scout I would not think it's me I would definitely think it's you right I have Girl Scout energy yeah you have like Leslie no Girl Scout energy for sure Um, so I actually was in Girl Scouts. I was in Girl Scouts until my senior year, up until I graduated high school. See, I would not have guessed that about you for sure. That is like one of my not known facts about me. Not very common knowledge. Was this like a once a week meeting situation all the way through high school? So, okay. I started Girl Scouts in Brownies and it used to be once a week. And, um, you know, we did like camping and we did the whole, you know, learn your skills, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I got into middle school and high school, um, our troop leader had a really good sense of maintaining balance with the group. Like she wanted girls to be involved, but not mm-hmm. feel completely overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. So we started to have like biweekly meetings, which was really okay. helpful, especially as I got into like musicals and different music programs and stuff. Yeah. So I was busy in yeah. high school, like constantly busy. Me too. In productions, in a musical, direct, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was always something that I was involved in, but it never like was the crowning, you know, activity mm-hmm. I was involved in. So anyway, um, I think that was really good moving our like meetings to be a little less intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Girl Scouts really um, try to keep things modernized and not quite like old school mm-hmm. cookie cutter, like sewing projects and stuff like that. Yeah. They did a lot on body confidence and business and, you know, giving back to community and stuff in ways that were really fun mm-hmm. or career. Um, we did a lot of like career tests and mm-hmm. stuff. So anyway, I I really enjoyed being in Girl Scouts. Um, and eventually I reached a point in high school where I 
thought about leaving, but honestly, I'd pretty much grown up with these girls and they were throughout Mm -hmm. different elementary schools that we all sort of went to high school. Mm. We knew each other. We weren't like best of friends by any means, but we all were very different. But when we came together, we were working towards the same thing. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I was just like... (laughs) I only have, like, two more years left. I might as well just finish. Mm -hmm. So I really liked being involved, and I got my, like, silver award. I didn't get my gold award because that was just too much work. Is gold award, like, the equivalent of Eagle Scout? Yes. Okay. So I got my silver award, and then I think one of our members got their gold award. But the rest of us sort of – You have to log, like, so many hours. You have to propose it. It's, like, a whole thing. You have to – like a project, like the Eagle Scout project. Yeah. Okay. It's it's intense. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but yeah, just one of many things I was doing. But one of the things that also helped me push along is because our freshman year of high school, we decided that all the money we would raise would basically get us to Europe. Oh. Um, because there were certain like lodges and stuff, lodges basically places for us to stay in uh-huh. different parts of the world, oh. and um, we ended up saving. All of our money, we did so many fundraisers, uh-huh. and we ended up being able to afford to go to Spain together. So my senior oh, year, cool. we went to Spain, and that was really awesome. And that's what really pushed me to stay in a lot of those times where I'm like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, like, do I want to do this? And mm-hmm. Did you already have the travel bug before that, or do you think this helped ignite that in you? Oh, I definitely have the travel bug, but um, I was pumped um and i actually got really sick on the trip like i got sick on the plane over i had like a sinus infection and i'm pretty sure i had an ear infection but i really enjoyed it we had no idea what we were doing like we didn't speak spanish Mm -hmm. we didn't know what kind of food to order but it was really wild and fun to just go with like your girlfriends over to spain so Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool yeah Anyway, um, I think Girl Scouts are great. So we're going to do a quick history of the organization. And um, then we're going to talk about cookies. Yeah. (laughs) So one thing I will say is Girl Scouts um, is always neutral on a lot of political decisions. But I will say that they've also made some stances that make them much more progressive than the Boy Scout um, counterparts. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And this was all, it was always a very progressive organization, even since it was founded. Um, so you'll see like these repeated themes of inclusivity, confidence, um, you know, empowering women, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff, um, and providing service for others. I could like literally recite the Girl Scout code right now, but that's embarrassing. Can you do it? <laughs> Let's hear it. On my honor, I will try to serve God in my country. I will do my best to be honest and fair, friendly and helpful, considering, caring, courageous and strong, and responsible for what I say and do. I will respect myself and others, respect authority, use resources wisely, and live by the Girl Scout law. (laughs) Cute. Boom. (laughs) She got it. She got it. Anyway, so why are the Girl Scouts an important organization? Basically, I think it promotes the idea of inclusivity, female empowerment, women um, as... Women are stronger together. Like, we have Mm -hmm. to help each other out. Yeah. And also, I think they are more progressive about promoting ideas about women and our body autonomy. Anyway, so um, (laughs) Girl Scouts was founded by Julia Gordon Lowe, who envisioned an organization that would prepare girls to meet their world with courage, confidence, and character. Um, So this was during a time in the progressive area when, when women could not vote, period. Yeah. So she made this organization being like, mm, 
Yeah, we got to change some things. Mm-hmm. And by the way, she was nearly deaf. Mm-hmm. She was older. Um, and she basically sparked this movement to have women come together to um, embrace their individual individuality, strength, and intellect. So this was like pretty progressive for women to be so, like this, especially young women. Was she basically like a kooky aunt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of a kooky, independent, liberal aunt. Okay. Um, Did she have kids? I don't know. I honestly can't say. Okay. Um, But she was from Savannah, Georgia, and we did go to Savannah, Georgia as a troop mm. when we were in middle school. And you can go to her home and, like, tour it. That's and cool. I think she was just a really rad lady. Yeah. I mean, 51 years old basically says... I'm going to hope that future girls don't have it the way I have it. So let's make them feel empowered. I'm kind of surprised that it's, I mean, not that 51's like old, but it's older than what I would have expected for someone to start a group like this. Yeah. And especially during, what, 1912? Yeah. That's old. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Julia was known as Daisy, um, which is where like the Daisy thing came. Daisies are the group before you become a brownie oh oh so, before brownies yeah so you're like in kindergarten oh I think. wow okay first grade kindergarten mm-hmm. um so that's where the name comes from she's from savannah georgia um and she wanted to originally it was supposed to i uh, have people do educational programs for um outdoor like youth education mm-hmm. um but um yeah she started hosting small gatherings of girls um, and then now it's a global movement all around the globe. 2.6 million Girl Scouts, um, wow. or 1.8 million girls, and 800,000 adults are involved in the organization over 92 countries and 50 million alums. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's pretty big. It's making the world a better place. That's what the whole goal is. That's cool. Um, also, I checked out their website about transgender youth Mm. and what their statement is on that and they're generally saying what i think i'm gonna misquote this but they say if um, a person identifies as a girl both socially and culturally Mm -hmm. then they are welcome to join that's what i was gonna say i think that they like ahead of the boy scouts were like yeah we'll take trans girls in Mm. general they're pretty neutral about political things but they lean towards more liberal mm-hmm. ideas. And I think the idea of including transgender uh, individuals is super important, especially mm-hmm. right now. Anyway, um, so in 1910, uh, Julia Gordon-Lowe basically decided to found Girl Scouts in 1912. Um, and that's before women had the right to vote. In the 1920s, Girl Scouts went to China, Syria, and Mexico. Um, and basically, they also had troops on... Um, native reservations and Mexican American girls formed their own Girl Scout troop in Houston, Texas. And that's in the twenties. So yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, the thirties during the Great Depression, Girl Scouts ran um, collecting clothing and food for those in need. Um, and this was a time when there were a lot of immigrants coming over from various parts of the world. And Girl Scouts began printing as "Who are the Girl Scouts?" promotional in different languages, so as being more inclusive. Mm. So in Yiddish, Italian, and Polish. So, so they're like 
trying to branch out to yes. people who speak other languages. And you can see, to- like, inclusivity is a big part of their mission going all the way back to this. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, during World War II, Girl Scouts interested in flying, so they wanted female pilots, mm-hmm. participate in the Wing Scouts program. Um, they also operated bicycle courier services, farm <laughs> aid projects, collected fat and scrap, or fat and scrap metal? Interesting. Yeah. Well, that was probably for, like, Fuel? Yeah, oil. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And then they grew Victory Gardens, which is really cute. Um, (laughs) And they were teaching women survival skills. So this is when a lot of, like, the outdoor camping sort of side came out. Um, And then, you know, I think what's really cool is that they had Japanese-American girls in internment camps establish their own troops. Wow. Isn't that really, really crazy? Yeah, I mean, it... This so easily could have gone the complete opposite way. Absolutely. Where, like, the Girl Scouts were like, only white girls. Only white, straight female. And English-speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So, by the 50s in the Korean War, um, they started to assemble kits for Korea, um, for Korean citizens, which, I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ebony Magazine reported in 1952 that even in the South, quote, scouts were making slow and steady progress towards surmounting the racial barriers of the region. Wow. So that's before the civil rights movement. Yeah. When you look back, like they are on the right side of history, like it's my opinion, they're on the right side of history here. Mm -hmm. Um, By the 60s, they started to empower Girl Scouts to use their voices and basically talk about freedom of protest and freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. They held speak out conferences across the country for girls to lend their voices about racial equality. Um, They launched the Action 70 Project to help overcome prejudice and build better relationships between people. So I wonder if the Girl Scouts have had any kind of stance or interaction with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look into that. Hmm. Would be interesting to know because it seems like based off of their history, yeah. They would be yeah. in favor of supporting that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess I'll follow up on that. In the 70s, um, Girl Scouts elected their first African-American National Board President, Gloria D. Scott. Um, and then they started to talk about environmental issues. Um, and they did an eco-action program and helped Vietnamese refugee, refugee children adapt to their new homes in America. Wow. By the 80s, um, they started to talk about more contemporary issues, a.k.a. teenage pregnancy <laughs> and um, women's contemporary know. issues. Just something that's been happening for <laughs> centuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drug abuse. This was like during the mm. whole like dare to mm. the dare program. Remember that? Yeah. Mm. So um, just say no. To yeah. And stuff. The whole thing. Um, so a lot of like serious issues that teenagers were facing. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the 90s, when I had joined, um, they were still definitely promoting that agenda, but um, they also started to get more involved in technology. So they wanted to um, embrace um, technology. They did like technology badges. I remember learning like how to type and stuff. Like we did extra, extra programs on like typing skills and Mm -hmm. yeah. We used, to, like, cool. we used to have extra hours in the computer lab at school. Oh. Um, not that they were, you know, teaching us code in the 90s, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing they were also big on is tackling illiteracy. So I remember doing a lot of, like, similar things to book it with different incentives, like reading mm-hmm. and sharing books, 
we all had to like do like book shares occasionally, which was it's almost like a book like the original book club. Right. <laughs> um, and then in the 2000s, Girl Scouts uh, focused on emphasizing inclusiveness by hosting national conference on Latinas and Girl Scouting. And in 2005, they elected the first Hispanic chair on the national board. And today, nice. um, they're definitely focusing on outdoor activities a little bit more. And they've also partnered with Google for their Made for Code program, encouraging girls to get an early start in computer science and the sciences. So, cool. yeah, proud of the organization. When you yeah. look back at it, like, pretty powerful. Yeah. If you had a daughter, wouldn't you want her to be in Girl Scouts? <laughs> I probably would, yeah. yeah. Or I'd at least encourage it if – she wanted to, yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, a lot of these, like, badges, I mean, they sound really corny, but they basically have prompts and activities and projects for basically having deep conversations about hard things sometimes where people don't agree. Mm. And I think that was something that really helped me sort of be more open-minded about different people's opinions and, you know, different experiences they had. Anyway, I just think it's a great organization. Yeah. It's not perfect, but, you That's know. cool. So the cookies. Yeah, we're here for the cookies. We're here for the cookies. <laughs> what they're most known for, right? Um, so the sale of cookies started in 1917 after Julia Gordon-Lowe started the troops um, when the mistletoe troop in Muskogee, Oklahoma, baked cookies <laughs> and sold them in their high school cafeteria as a service project. Then flash forward like five years later in American Girl magazine, which I don't know if there's a relationship to the That's dolls. what I was wondering. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. And it's funny because when you mentioned the Victory Gardens, whenever I think of that, I Kid. think of – No, I think of Molly. Oh, Molly. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Molly was my American Girl and – um, I just feel like that's something I remember. And I yeah. had the Molly cookbook – and I feel like I, it talked a lot about that. Maybe they were, I don't know. I mean, in the 20s, the American Girl magazine published by Girl Scouts of the USA. So they obviously, I mean, unless the name's taken. I don't know. Um, hmm. In this magazine, they featured an article with a cookie recipe. The cookies could be sold by suggestion by troops for 20 to 30 cents per dozen. Wow. What a steal. <laughs> um, and then throughout that, sort of these cookies sales became prominent in the 20s, um, and cookies were packaged in wax paper bags and sold door to door for 25 to 35 cents per dozen. Um, yeah. See, I would have been good at that. <laughs> I could have baked all the cookies to be hey. to be sold. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the... Girl Scouts of Greater Philadelphia Council baked cookies and sold them in the city's gas and electric company windows. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> did, I feel like this is a bigger conglomerate cookie sale. That's kind of what did I'm Did they have big windows there? <laughs> I don't know. Does that seem odd? I don't know. Weird. Um. Yeah, so they became the first council to sell commercially. So I guess that means that they're selling in bigger batches. Mm -hmm. um, by 1935, they started to uh, actually produce their own Girl Scout cookies, like on the box, saying, these are Girl Scout cookies. Mm -hmm. um, dying, uh, yeah, they, they started to shape them in a trefoil, which is the badge. That's what the mm -hmm. whole Girl Scout badge is based off of. So they bought their own dye. Yeah. Which I, I think... That means like stamp. stamp. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, we both did like a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then essentially they bought their own license a year after that in 1936. And by 1937, 125 Girl Scout councils reported holding cookie sales. And then by 1948, a total of 29 bakers were licensed to bake Girl Scout cookies, and the rest is history. Wow. So, so since the 30s, they've had, like, Girl Scout cookies TM. Yes. And cookies have come and gone. Cookies mm-hmm. have changed. Some of them, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and some of them are classics, like the trefoil, the shortbread cookies. Mm-hmm. Those have been around since, I'm guessing, Yeah, they're, like, the early. original. Yeah. That's cool. Um. But yeah, I guess ever since one thing I find interesting is like Girl Scout cookies are not available year round. You have to get them right over the winter, which I think makes them a little bit more exclusive. Well, here's okay. Girl Scout cookies are like a mystery to me because I didn't really know any Girl Scouts growing up. And maybe once in my life, or like maybe three times in my life. I have encountered an actual scout selling them, like at the grocery store or something. Yeah. And maybe they used to be set up at the mall now that I think about it. But like in general in my life, Girl Scout cookies just appear around yeah, they me. They just show up. I I basically never actually buy them myself. It's just like other people have them and I'm like, where'd you get them? Oh, glad to support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we bought one of every box. One of every box. That's us. Um, <laughs> so what we are now going to do is we're going to talk about each individual cookie, but we're going to score and rank them. So I have a piece of paper here. What I want us to do okay, tell is me. I we're going to taste each one by one. Okay. And I want you and me to each give them a number, a, a score of like one to ten. Okay. Ranking. And then I'll like average our two things together. Okay. And then we're going to see how they actually stack up against each other okay, and rank them and see if our like individual rankings for each one actually turn into an accurate breakdown of like our favorite to our least favorite. What a geek. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. This is, this is how I live. Okay. (laughs) So we have one, two, three, four, we have eight cookies, all of which are the ones available for 2021. We got them all. Oh, also, um, so I did the research on like the actual cookies, mm-hmm. not the cookie history that Laura just gave us, but the cookies themselves. So you know how some some have different names, like you have Samoas, but they're also known as Caramel Delights. Yeah, trefoils were shortbreads. Yeah, so a lot of them have two names. And so like at the end of your history, you said that by 1948, there were 29 bakers licensed to bake Girl Scout cookies. Uh-huh. Well, now there are just two bakers licensed to make them you have little brownie bakers and abc bakers so they're basically two separate companies that make girl scout cookies but because of trademarks they use different names because like the samoas actually are a little different than caramel delights so what? I just learned so much. Okay, this makes sense. I always feel like they're flip flopping. Like, what's the purpose? And yeah, now I know. And it's kind of regional. So it kind of I think it like depends on where you live or like whichever baker your troop like gets them from. Right, or something. right, right. Because I've definitely seen both of you know different kinds. Um, so I would also be curious to know like if one has risen above the other. Like if Girl Scout cookie aficionados are like the little brownie bakers cookies are as a a whole better than the abc bakers or vice versa true 
So if anyone's like really in the nitty gritty and has an opinion on this, please let us know. Um, but like in the future, it would be interesting if we were able to get both kinds and taste them side by side. True. Because I think they are very similar. But but some of them, like looking on the website, you can see like the lemon cookies look different. The s'mores cookies look different. So they have their own take on them. Um, the only one that has the same name for both brands, for whatever reason, is the Thin Mint. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why some people have different names for them. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to start with the trefoils, a.k.a. Okay. also known as shortbread, depending okay. on which one you get. And this is the original iconic cookie. Yes. And so trefoil is a name for a three-leafed plant. Yes. Which is – see, but I don't get it because it says that's what the cookie is shaped after, but this cookie looks like it has four leaves, not three. Okay. So to explain what – this design is this is like a pin that you wear when and it's you take your your like promise to the girl scouts but also like this doesn't really look like it but the design it's supposed to be like three women like profile yeah so that's the other thing trefoil also just kind of means like an overlapping design of three shapes yeah so i think it might have more with the profile thing basically i'm confused <laughs> Okay, so all I know is this design is one of the most famous um, Girl Scout like pin that you have, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure you get it um, later in your scouting career. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> this design is familiar to me. I I'm sure there is a meaning behind the three women's faces, but I don't remember. And I tried googling, yeah. and I can't find anything. So, <laughs> all, all right. right. So shortbread <laughs> slash trefoils. Here we go. Okay. I mean, these are one of my favorites. They're better than what I remember. Yeah? Yeah. Better than what I remember. I mean, shortbread is such a classic, perfect cookie. Mm-hmm. And these are very buttery and vanilla-y. I will say, overall, I think Girl Scout cookies do have a little bit of that, like, manufactured aftertaste. Oh, for sure. For sure. But they're still really good. Okay, that was good. I don't even love shortbreads like that. That was good. I think I'm going to give it 7.5. 7.5. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a 9. Hey. Okay. okay. So that means our average is 8.25. Honestly, like, I never grab for shortbreads. Like, if you were to tell me, oh, what Girl Scout cookie do you want? I don't think I would choose shortbreads, but that was surprisingly very good. Oh, see, that would be one that I would definitely pick. They're classic. Yeah. They're classic flavor. Okay. What's next, next is the Dosey Dose, aka the peanut butter sandwich. Oh, I love these things. So this is apparently an oatmeal cookie with a creamy peanut butter inside. Oatmeal cookie? Yeah, I did not realize that until reading I don't the description. Know if that's true. All right. That's what it says online. All right, we'll find out. These are not as good as I remember. Wait, you're on the wrong one. <gasps> you're on the tag along. Shoot. Ignore that. Try this, this one. It's a sandwich cookie. Okay. Shoot, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why you're confused about the oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah, so the outside is an oh, oatmeal cookie. Okay. These are definitely one of my least favorites. Oh, snap. See, I don't hate it, but... I'm giving it a six. I'll say six as well. Okay. 
It's not like a two by any means, but Mm-mm. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Shoot. Sorry. That's okay. I'm glad I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Well, spoiler alert. Those are like. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ooh, my here we go. favorite. Samoas, a.k.a. Caramel Delights. Literally the best. Oh, God. So these have caramel and toasted coconut and like chocolate. You guys know the one. So this, no one really knows why it's called Samoas. I mean, Caramel Delights makes sense. But Samoa, it's like, where does that come from? Like, are they being like, oh, coconut comes from Samoa? Well, yeah. So some people think it might be named for the island called Samoa because coconut is one of their top yeah, but exports. Like, lots of countries have coconut. Yeah. So, But then some people think it kind of means like some more, like almost like s'mores, but oh, like I'll take some this, Samoa, you know? Imagine this with the marshmallow. And a graham cracker. <laughs> that could be good. Not opposed. Yeah. So. Okay, so that's interesting. Some more like Samoa. Give me yeah, Samoa. Give me Samoa. Well, either way, these are like. All right, but is this going to live know, up? Do you know that like Keebler kind of stole this? Oh. Like they ripped this. What's their version of it? I don't know. It looks exactly like this. Yeah, I can picture it. They sell it. It's like in, in the orange, Keebler package. Yeah, it's in an, or a yellow, yeah, like mm. cookie bag. Okay, here we go. Okay. I'm sorry. This is 10 out of 10. Yeah. (laughs) There's no way around it. Okay. Wow. 10 from both of us. I mean, Mm. for a Girl Scout cookie. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, straight on the curve. But there is something about this that is so nostalgic because in high school, I swear I ate like a whole bag of these by myself, like as soon as they came into our house. Oh, I mean, mm. anytime Samoas are around, you can't stop eating them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I feel like the coconut's really strong on these ones. Yeah. But also, I'm going to say this. Screw Keebler for stealing this. <laughs> How dare you? What if they use the same baker? Maybe they do. All right. Oh, hold man. on. I'm going to Google this. All right. All right. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Beep, bop, beep, beep, bop, Google bop, noise. Bop, 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 bop. All right. <laughs> Samoas. Interesting, interesting. Um, they look identical to Samoas, except the chocolate stripes on the Coconut Dreams look like a milk chocolate versus a darker chocolate on the Samoas. Um, this article is claiming that Coconut Dreams are better. <gasps> we should probably do a side-by-side. Yeah, we should. <laughs> um... They don't explain how they are able to do this. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think they can technically copyright it. As long as they change the recipe, then it's their cookie. Like, they could base it off of it. Oh, wait. Here we go. In 2008, Little Brownie Bakers, (gasps) a subsidiary of Keebler, was licensed to bake Girl Scout cookies. Oh. So. So maybe they... Tweaked it ever so slightly so it could be technically different. Yeah. But if they're owned by the same parent company, like... Yeah. So it's basically the same. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. The more you know. Thank you, Google. Okay. All right. Now here's the one that I already took my out of. The Tagalongs, a.k.a. peanut butter patties. So these ones remind me of peanut butter candy cakes by Tasty Cake. Except Tasty Cake is so much better. Right. Because Tasty Cake, if I... Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the tasty cake 
peanut butter candy cakes softer cookies like they're softer yeah it's more like a cake on the inside not like a crispy crunchy cookie yeah all right well i took a bite out of this and i'll do another one but i will tell you right now that's the thin mint so this is like a milk chocolate covered in like a cookie with peanut butter on top like cookie covered in peanut butter but then the whole thing's covered in chocolate immediately no (laughs) no no why not the chocolate sucks well yeah least favorite least favorite i know i feel like that's blasphemous because a lot of people like this but no no i like them doesn't do it for me what's your ranking five five yeah Mm. no i give those i don't like the cookie on the inside either i give them a 7.5 what okay yeah okay so that's a 6.25 overall is that the lowest? No. The PB sandwich was the lowest. Okay. They're close, though. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Next. Ugh. Thin mints. What a you, queen. What are you eating over there? Just the leftover. The one. Um, leftover one of these. Oh, wait. Yeah. You ate all of your cookies? Yeah. I'm going but for But then it. you can't, like, go back to them. Nah. <laughs> You'll just remember. I'll just remember. Okay, thin mints. To me, these are the iconic... Girl Scout cookie. She's a queen. The Thin Mint. This one, for whatever reason, doesn't have two names, like I said. There's only one. Also, they're known as chocolatey mint cookies in Canada. (laughs) Oh, here's another thing. If you are missing a Thin Mint because you didn't freeze them, which, by the way, you should freeze them. They're really good frozen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to rip off of this, you can get the Thin Oreos with mint on the inside. Mm-hmm. Does the same thing. Pretty good. Okay. Ooh, also, like, Hershey has these, like, they're like chocolate bars, but there's cookie on the inside. They're called, like, oh, cookie yeah. bars what or something. Oh, yeah, what are those um, cookie? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But they, they have a mint one, and it's basically, like, Hershey chocolate-covered Thin Mints. Ooh. Well, I will tell you, this is just pure deliciousness. All right, well, let's take a bite. Okay. Here's the thing. The chocolate on the outside does not matter. It's not good. True. Does not matter, though. Because if you have this with milk, <laughs> game over. See, I'm a little confused about the popularity of this cookie. What? Because don't you feel like like chocolate peppermint is a very controversial flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So why is this cookie so popular? Did it just perfect the chocolate peppermint combina- combination? Yes, I think that's it. Is it it does feel like the perfect amount and then the crunch of the cookie. I think the texture is so good. Mhm. Also, they're the perfect size. If they were any bigger or thicker, mhm, it would be like too much. Mhm. But these, you grab one and you immediately are like, yum. You grab five more. <laughs> yum. <laughs> <laughs> yum. It's like a two-bite cookie, even yeah. for me. Yeah. I don't know. They are, I feel like... I can't explain it. I... This gives me um, the feeling of a really good, uh, like, mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yes. But, like... Ooh. If mint chocolate chip ice cream had thin mints in it, that would be good. To be like a cookies and cream 
mint chocolate chip situation. You should just make it your thing to make a thin mint like gelato. Mm. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. With some of this bit, those bits in it? Yeah. Yeah. See, mine's already down my stomach, so. I took one bite. <laughs> mine's gone. Okay, I give the Thin Mint a nine. I'm going to give it also a nine. Okay. Strong nine. Strong nine. Strong nine. All right, now we're getting to some newer ones. Yeah. We have one called the Girl Scout S'mores. I will tell you that all of the remaining cookies were not around when I was a Girl Scout. So <laughs> Yeah, I never heard of these until we bought them. Although the lemon ones, they did try a lemon alternative when I was in Girl Scouts, but it did not look like this. Mm. It was more like a sh- like a shortbread lemon situation. It's like okay. taller. Anyway. Well, so these ones are have the same name from both of the bakers, but they look different. The s'mores one? Yeah, so we have the s'mores version that it's basically it's a sandwich cookie where the cookies on the outside are like graham cracker cookies. Do you have a design on yours? Yeah, it says Girl Scout s'mores on it. Mine is a squirrel on the back. Oh, mine has a horse. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> um, nice details. <laughs> so it's like graham cracker cookie on the outside and then chocolate and marshmallow on the inside, like an actual s'more. Yeah. But the other one had, like, graham cracker and marshmallow in the middle, and then it was, like, enrobed in chocolate like the um, like the, the tag-alongs. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if they're using the same chocolate, I'm glad we have this version. <laughs> yeah. Because they're overall, their, like, chocolate quality is not great, but that's not why you get them. So. Well, honestly, I don't have high hopes for this cookie. I know. I got I to gotta be honest. I have very low expectations. All right, yeah. here we go. Here we go. I don't like the fake marshmallow taste. Neither do I. Nope. Nope. The fake marshmallow is a little Mm. intense. I don't hate it, though. It's Mm. growing on me. I just... Hmm. Do you know... hmm. (laughs) I'm going to say in general. I don't know. I don't hate this cookie. Mm. I could get down with it. I don't think so. No, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> that's a no for me, dog. Mm. Nope. Don't like that fake marshmallow. Can't get over it. What mm. do you give it? Because I'm going to give it a four. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I really don't like it. <laughs> Laura's giving that a four? Like, I'm not going to finish this one. I'm giving it an eight. What? <laughs> All right, so this average is out to a six. Yep. (laughs) I can't believe you like it that much. I think it's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, no. You can take this box, honestly. Just take the box. All right. (laughs) Wow, that one was controversial. Yeah. That one, we have opposite opinions. Overall, we've been pretty similar. (laughs) Now, this one actually looks pretty good. The Toffee-tastic gluten-free. Yeah, so this is a gluten-free one. Which apparently they offer gluten-free ones only while supplies last. Interesting. Um, so this is the Little Brownie Baker's version, which, by the way, I think all the cookies we got were Little Brownie Baker's ones. Okay. Um, and it looks like the ABC Baker's offers a caramel chocolate chip cookie as their gluten-free option. So they each have a gluten-free mm. cookie, but they're totally different. Gotcha. So do you feel like they made this primarily to, like – 
appease gluten-free people. Yeah, I like, think just each one had to come up with a gluten-free one. They're like, we got to do it. Yeah. I love toffee, though, so... Me too. Toffee's, like, one of my favorite things. Okay. The texture of this is unfortunate. See, I like this. <laughs> it's too, um... It is a little crumbly. It's, like, crumbly and sticky. Yeah. Mmm. Like, the flavor is pretty good. Yeah. But the experience of eating this cookie is not pleasant. I have to agree with you there. Like... It's even hard to bite into. Yeah, I feel like my teeth are like, what are you doing when I bite this into it? This needs to be dunked into coffee. Yes. I was just going to say that. Or tea. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it is almost like biscotti-ish. Yeah, it's a hard cookie. But it is crumbly as soon as you like get into it. It's like turning into sand in my mouth. Do you know what it is? I just don't think they've done a good job with the gluten-free element. Oh, God. I think I'm going to give this a 5.8. 5.8? Yeah. I'm giving it a three. So that's a 4.4 average. Oh, it's like getting stuck in my teeth in a weird way. I don't yeah. like. You know what? It just needs butter. <laughs> just slap butter all over it and then dunk it in coffee. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll be okay. Okay. All right. So lastly, we have the Lemon Ups, a.k.a. Lemonades. Um. Well, didn't someone write into our last episode saying they don't like lemon and like lemon cake, lemon cakes? Mm-hmm. See, I love a tart. Also, I think these used to be called Savannah Smiles. Yes, and that's... then everyone was like, "That's a weird name for a cookie." Savannah Smiles. It's like it's a girl Savannah, or is it a place? Right. But so this one, we have the little brownie baker version. Has it's a very like... empowering message on it. Oh, wait, does this, it kind of has a glaze on the bottom? Yeah, I see that. Okay, so this is but like a very solid cookie. Biggest but, cookie. Um, biggest size. cookie. But the ABC version have like lemon icing on the top. Mm. At least from the pictures I saw. So these look these different. The bottom? I don't get the bottom choice, but okay. Yeah. But it's, like, more obviously iced, I think, on the other version of this. Okay. The lemonades. All I remember is the old version of this was puffier, and it had powdered sugar on it because it was messy. So. Oh. Okay. So, here we go. All right. It tastes like Fruit Loops. Mmm. Doesn't it taste like Fruit Loops? Or Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. Yeah. It totally does. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. It tastes just like that. It, it, tastes like, it does. It tastes like the milk of Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty it's good. It's got that manufactured lemon taste, though. Yeah. If you were to try to make this yourself, you'd immediately be better. I just can't get over how much this tastes like Fruit Loops. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're like, so right. That brought back childhood to me. I'm giving that a six. I'll agree with you. Six. Yeah. Yeah. It's not stellar. It's not horrible. Okay. Let me add up. Let me see what the rankings are here. Okay. <laughs> you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So coming in last place with an average score of 4.4. Uh-oh. Is the Toffee-tastic. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Yeah. That With one, potential just did not land. It's like 
even though the flavor was there, it's the act eating the cookie. It was just so unfortunate. Nope. Yeah, no, that it it was like not worth my time. No, yeah. Okay, so then we have a three way tie for essentially fifth place. Okay, the lemon ups, the Girl Scout s'mores, and the peanut butter sandwich cookie. I think yeah. All right, like fair. they're all kind of like they're okay. They're but not great. If you're only going to choose a couple of the Girl Scout cookies, eh. Yeah. So then, number four, we have the tagalongs, which are the, like, candy cake-like ones. Yeah. Which you don't I care hate. for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think the rest of this pans out correctly. Number three is the trefoils, the shortbread. Yeah. Number two is the Thin Mint. And number one? Number one is Samoa. Listen, there is a ranking, and that top three, Mm -hmm. solid. That is a solid ranking. So Samoa's, Thin Mints, and Trefoils. Yep. Which are the OG. I feel like it's very adult for us to pick the shortbread in the top three. (laughs) Because I remember thinking as a kid, like, why would you want shortbreads? Right. Ew. (laughs) Now I'm like, I get it. Yeah, because, like, some of these other ones are trying too hard. And you would think that the Samoa would be trying too hard, but it actually nope. delivers. No, no, she is everything. She's everything. And you know what? If I were a kid, I bet you my number three pick would be the stupid Lemon Ups. Really? Because it oh, tastes cause like it, Fruit Loops. It's so sweet. You could see how little girls would want that, right? Yeah, it's like, because when you eat something lemony, I feel like you want that tartness. Mm-hmm. And this, the sweetness overcomes the tartness, and like, yeah. the balance isn't <clears throat> quite there. Okay, can we also just point out that Girl Scouts definitely have better product than Boy Scouts? What are their products? Popcorn and peanuts. Oh, God. Ew. Snooze fest. (laughs) Lame. Go tie your knots outside, boys. (laughs) Well, this was fun. This was really fun. I still have a local Girl Scout. cookies here because I didn't eat all mine like you. I golfed them down. Listener question. This one comes from Luke John Topping, a man we both know very well. Um, he asked, what's your favorite base for a cocktail? And we're assuming base. Or base for mixed drinks. He said. Yeah, base for a mixed drink. Well, yeah, our first question is, is the base the liquor in the mixed drinks or the other stuff in the mixed drinks? I'm assuming it's the the liquor, like the base liquor. Like, there's so well, many options. Well, my thought for a mix-in was... Um, when I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but th- that vanilla bean lemonade, because oh, it yeah. works with every liquor. True. And you have that at a party, and then people can just pick their it's also liquor of choice. It's like, oh, it's just perfect. Sweet tart. And if you're not drinking alcohol, it's amazing on its own. True. Oh, true, I, true, like, true. Every now and then I just think about that vanilla bean lemonade, and I can just like taste it. It's it, good. You yeah, just have that on lock at all times. Oh God, it's so good. And or even just like lemonade in general is such a crowd pleaser. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you aren't gonna make your own vanilla bean lemonade, you can just pick up a jug yeah. of lemonade from the corner store. It goes well with everything. Also, I was gonna say ginger beer. I like a mm. splash of ginger beer in something. Like even if you just yeah. have like a whiskey neat, and then you just like psh, that works with beer. a lot of things. I yeah. like ginger beer with whiskey, vodka and tequila yeah and gin 
It's like a gin and ginger. Oh. It's not amazing. I don't know if I've ever had. I wouldn't go there, but like you could. (laughs) You could. Yeah. Right. Well, I think for both of us, if you're talking about the liquor of choice, we both pick whiskey. Whiskey, bourbon. Yeah. Generally, if I am making a mixed drink, I am going for like an old fashioned or a Manhattan or a whiskey sour. Or and if we're being bougie, we probably both choose barrel aged. So (laughs) just something to note. Yeah. But in a pinch, whiskey will do. Yeah. Because I almost never reach for vodka. Almost never. No. I don't reach for tequila. Often either. See, my thing is tequila is my second favorite, but if I am drinking tequila, I'm basically just always making a margarita. Right. Or I'll have it just like tequila with a splash of soda and lime. I guess rum is gin. Gin I use more than rum, but overall, I'm going to choose whiskey. Yeah. Keep things simple. Mm hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I'd be curious to know what other people sort of like their go-to, just like easy mm-hmm. cocktail. Yeah. Just something you can make you've in, got, a, like, in a like your flash. gin people. Some people are vodka people, which I don't understand. I feel like nope. vodka people actually just don't like liquor <laughs> because it tastes like basically nothing. I think vodka people are scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you like vodka, you're a little scary to me. I'm just saying. Yeah, because that's why I love whiskey and tequila, because I like to taste those things. But I feel like when you put vodka in a mixed drink, you're trying to taste everything else but the vodka. That's what we do in college, yes. Right, yeah. (laughs) You, like, try to disguise it as much as possible Mm -hmm. so you can load it up with alcohol. Or, like, my brother's girlfriend, Laura, um, she's from Philly, so she gets a vodka water. Vodka water. Which, like, that blows my mind. That... That is the last thing I would ever order. No. But that is what that's what she gets at bars. She gets a vodka water. Not even like tonic? No, because I think because it's like very low calorie. But it's like also kind okay, of hydrating. But like, no. Yeah. Lara, I don't know if you listen the to flavor. this, but if you do, you gotta you gotta Explain. give us more details. Explain. Or anyone else who drinks a vodka water or a vodka water if you're from <laughs> Philly, <laughs> Delaware County, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vodka people are scary. Yeah, they are scary. I I stand by that. If you if you're a vodka, just like straight vodka, <laughs> you're intimidating. <laughs> Robert's dad drinks vodka like that. <laughs> no, but he doesn't. He doesn't come across to me as a vodka person. No, he does not. He comes across to me like a fruit punch with a splash of vodka. You know. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> I mean, he can be. I'm sure. But he's it's like, like, he's a man of many talents. <laughs> Chef Cornelius. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Shall we get to recommendations? Oh, right. I forgot about that section. Like, not, I have a recommendation, but I forgot that we were going to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't even remember what mine is. I okay. feel like I've been so fried. Okay. Um, you ate too many cookies. <laughs> Your yeah, I'm like, fried. what? <laughs> um, my recommendation is an album. Okay. It's actually an EP. So it's only like six or seven songs by the artist named Fletcher. Oh, yeah. She's on her? TikTok. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I send you one of hers? I don't know, but I she's been on her my the feed, other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she had this single out like a year or so ago called Undrunk, which was one of those songs that when I 
first heard it, I'm like, oh, I really like the song and like added it to my Apple Music library and stuff. But then I think it popped up on my playlist or something. And I was like, oh, I wonder what else she has out. And she has this EP that came out this year that she wrote. Well, okay, first of all, it's called The Sex Tapes. And she wrote it during quarantine. And it's a breakup album about her breakup with her girlfriend, which she wrote during quarantine while quarantining with said ex-girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, This is where she hooked me on TikTok. Yeah. So right off the bat, it's interesting. Like if you look it up on Apple Music and read all like the liner notes about each song, I really love that stuff. Um, Also, being a breakup album, especially like dealing with living with the person that you're literally up your with, experience. Um, <laughs> I could relate to a lot of this album, but I also just love it. Um, it's uh, I found out that the first song, which is one of my favorites, it's called Silence. Some of her co-writers were also co-writers on Future Nostalgia with Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite albums of 2020. And so now that I know that, like, I can hear some similarities. Like, they, um, this EP of hers has some of those, like, groovy retro bass lines that are in Future Nostalgia. And it's definitely the kind of album that makes you wish that clubs were open. Yeah. So you can just go dancing. So, like, I've been vibing out to this thing. I freaking love it. And also, so it's called The Sex Tapes, but... The E, X, and sex are in parentheses, so it's kind of like the X tapes. Yeah. But also her ex-girlfriend that she wrote it about is a YouTuber, and her ex-girlfriend filmed and directed all the music videos for this. So they collaborated on this. (laughs) So it's like the sex tapes, but it's the X tapes, and her ex literally taped the film and like visual portions of this it's very interesting so meta but overall like if you are into that kind of like synth pop like dancey music yeah with like a really good voice like if you liked future nostalgia the way i did um which is basically to be obsessed with it then i think you'll be into this i gotta check her out i've only seen stuff that she's posted on tiktok so that's a good recommendation yeah and she's a fun follow on tiktok yeah, she is. She is fun. Mm-hmm. She's also beautiful. Oh, yeah. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I have a crush on you. <laughs> my um, recommendation is actually a girl who is now on TikTok, but she's a YouTuber. So, like, okay, weird. <laughs> um, so, her name is Ashley and her YouTube channel. And I think her all of her socials are at best dressed. Okay. Um, and she's a YouTuber that primarily started as, like, just a blogger. But she's just someone who's extremely witty and smart. Um, she has a great sense of humor. She's very self-deprecating. And the thing that makes her unique is, like, she is really big about repurposing and finding vintage clothing. Mm. And her style is so cool. Oh, nice. She is just someone who, if I was not a, you know, public school teacher, <laughs> like, I would want to dress just like her. She... Um, is smart. Like I'm just telling you, I don't even I don't even know what to recommend besides just like go watch like two videos of hers and you'll immediately be like, I like you. On TikTok? On YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. But she is on TikTok. But you're are you more recommending her YouTube channel? Yeah, I would direct people to her YouTube first and then give her a follow on social media. Okay. But um 
Yeah, she, like, sews her own clothing. She, like, takes vintage clothes and sort of, like, cuts them up and has fun with them. And she also just is someone who is just an enjoyable watch. Like, I'm not big Mm -hmm. on blogging, really. I'm not big on YouTube, really, period. Mm -hmm. But somehow I was directed to her channel, and I just really like her. Okay. I think she's really cool. So She sounds fun. Yeah, she is. Um, And she's also... um, gorgeous and she just dyed her hair to be half pink half black and she's like she's like literally a girl out of an anime she's yeah so cool i feel like my friend rebecca would be into this because rebecca is all about thrifting yeah and she has like really good fashion sense she loves finding cool things she might even sew some stuff i'm not sure but also she for a while her hair was like half black half like bleach blonde so I feel like right she probably alley. follows this person. I'm sure probably she's yeah she's a ton of followers. But you know, as someone who's not a YouTube fanatic, somehow she just has this magnetic like personality. I can't describe it. She's just really good. So yeah, nice. Well, well <laughs> there we have it. There we go. Woo! Support your local Girl Scout. Yeah. I should buy Girl Scout cookies more often. Yeah. They sell them online now, so. Yeah. Just got to get the hookup and then you're good. Got to pay attention. Yeah. So what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Let us know. Is there a discontinued cookie that you miss? Mmm. You know? Do you prepare yours a certain way? Yeah, let us know your tips and tricks, or if you have controversial opinions. Hey, yeah, this is like, I feel like we're going to have to do a part two for our controversial food opinions. We've already had a lot of people reach out being like, I have more. So so keep sending them in. Send them our way. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for joining. And don't forget to like tell your friends about the podcast and give us a subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a review, which would always be helpful. And send us all your questions and hot takes and all that stuff you can reach out to us on instagram we're at passport pizza pod or leave us a voicemail at 717-964-0215 you can also email us at hello at passports and yes um our show notes with links and details of different recommendations and things that we've mentioned on the episode can be found on our website at www.passportsandpizza.com and if you want to follow us individually on Instagram and stuff, I'm at Sarah underscore Cornelius underscore, and Laura is at Roman Golightly. And not not least, what? <laughs> Last but not least, big thank you to Will Gingrich for our theme music. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye. All right, let's do a quick test. Okay. Testing, testing, testing. testing. Am I too far away? Does this look good? I think that looks okay. All right, is this better? Yeah. (laughs) Do-si-do. Okay, that looks good. That's good.